talk. Derek Miley, cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No, sex talk with Derek Miley. Hey, folks, welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. I have a long-term crush on the the two men we're about to talk about and talk to. <laughs> we have, we we met originally in Spokane before I took off and moved across the country. So, but I still get wonderful clients from these folks. I want to introduce you to Dr. Jake Deakins and Peter Deakins, RN and handler of all things, both co-owners of Inland Wellness and Vitality. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, Erica. Thanks. So let's talk about all the things you offer. You offer some amazing services. There, I, I like to bring folks on this show that offer services that are not easily gotten to, that people don't really often understand that they exist sometimes. And so let's start with like some of the sexual health services that you offer there in your office. Sure. So uh, we're pretty unique in the fact that our practice centers around sexual health and wellness. Uh, as you know, not a lot of us out here doing what we do. And we tend to have a pretty global approach uh, to where we have a space where people feel comfortable coming in and discussing those types of topics. It's not not very common to, you know, go to your primary care physician and first thing first, just talk about your sex life and your sexual satisfaction and your erections and your wetness and lubrication and all of these other things that encompass a healthy sexual life. So we kind of run the gamut from uh, looking at hormonal health, dietary health, utilizing bioidentical hormone therapies to help uh, both men and women who struggle with deficiencies. And even if they're not deficient, how to optimize those things for better sexual health, all the way up to some procedural things where we can use um, you know, non-drug therapies to address uh, erectile dysfunction. We're the uh, sole provider of Gaines Wave Therapy within a pretty decent radius <laughs> yeah. of Spokane. And then also some therapies that will address vaginal laxity and sensation issues, lubrication issues, utilizing some uh, other procedures called TempShore that can help revitalize those tissues. So that's that's kind of it in the, the nutshell for the sexual health. And then uh, we do offer some other therapies kind of outside that box as well. Yeah, we do some musculoskeletal therapies that certainly if you have those kind of chronic aches and pains, that can influence uh, your, your sexual health too. You know, if your your back's thrown out, then there's not going to be a lot of activity going on in that realm of your life. So I'm nodding ferociously over here. I've been an athlete since I was a kid. And once you start re- getting past your 20s, everything hurts for no reason. <laughs> right, right. So, so yeah, so those are some unique therapies that we utilized to address, yeah, both sexual health and, and uh, your overall health. You all kind of take a, a global look at the entire body and you say, how do you improve your entire wellness overall? And that includes your sexual health, which is, a, you, like you, Dr. Deacons, you, you, you nailed it. Like when you go into your primary care doc, which it should be one of the primary questions that they ask you. <laughs> <laughs> but often it isn't. So you are filling in this really giant gap because our sexual health is part of our entire person. And y'all feel as passionately about it as I do, which I'm so very happy you exist. 
I do want to ask a question about like some of the the tissue work that you do. So I, I mean, I've had clients. Uh, I think a lot of times what will happen is people will make judgments about why people will have certain procedures or or whatever the case may be, and they think, oh, okay, well, you want your vulva to look a certain way. I can't tell you how many times I've had women clients actually have tissues that were rubbing and that were painful that they did need assistance to be able to, to, to not experience pain when they're walking and, and needed to, to seek services like what you're talking about. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So tissue functionality is not just a component of aesthetics, right? And like you said, probably one of the most common things that can drive pain, particularly during intercourse, is just lack of lubrication, right? Even using over-the-counter lubricants and things, sometimes that's not sufficient for women. The, the tissue itself is, is very uh, irritated and inflamed even internally. So using lubricants may not be the answer. So by restructuring, remodeling some of these tissues, you definitely can contribute to their overall sense of well-being and their sexual function, but just day-to-day existence. For example, the radio frequency that we use has a significant improvement in stress urinary incontinence. So that's where you cough, you sneeze, you laugh, you giggle, or maybe you just pick up your toddler and you pee a little bit just because there's that aspect of looseness or laxity from childbirth or trauma or any other number of things. And so by improving that, you've improved somebody's you know mental outlook. Hey, now I can go to yoga, I can go out with my friends, I can, I can exercise in a gym class and not worry about having to wear a pad. So it's definitely a global approach. And then for things that, you know, that, that may need to be above and beyond what we can offer, certainly, you know, reconstructive and actual surgical procedures can be considered. But most of the time, it's, it's very simply a, a, an issue of lubrication that can be addressed through a lot of our approaches, both procedural and by looking at their hormone levels, for sure. And so. I, I think you're making, you're just making a, a really, really important point that that it is just really not all the things that we would we would assume that that this would be necessary for or it's because you want your vulva to look like you know some porn star or you want your vulva to look like something like it's not really that's not really it and quite honestly you know we try to normalize that discussion around kind of body image as well and and, you know i joke with a lot of my male patients and and even the female patients were like most men really don't care as long as we have access, right? <laughs> Big, little, internal, external, you know, large labia, small labia. It doesn't matter. Just give us unfettered access and we're pretty happy, <laughs> right? Um, and maybe that oversimplifies things from a male <laughs> standpoint. But I, I think most of the men I talk to are really, that, that's kind of the approach that we take, you know. So I think the normal is that there is no normal and just having space to talk about it is helpful for a lot of these men and women that come in and for the first time they can talk about sex with a medical professional or medical professionals that we're not passing judgment. You know, we're just here to optimize everything that we can. And I would argue that almost never do PCPs talk (laughs) to patients about their sexual health or wellness, you know, and I asked the question, Hey, when was the last time your, your doctor asked you about your sex life? never is the resounding answer, right? Uh, you know, unless it's solicited by the patient and then it's, well, here's your pill, have a nice day. And it's, you know, not a comfortable conversation usually. 
same. Can I can can that cover all the bases? And this is this is usually like this is exactly what I hear from my clients is that they don't get an opportunity to ask their doctors these very very important questions, and they don't get to explore like, oh, okay, is this something I have to live with? I can't tell you how many times a client has just said to me like, oh, well. I don't have an erection anymore. So I, I thought that that was just something that came with age. Yeah. I thought that was something feel. I just had needed to accept. And I'm like, oh, oh, it's like a punch in the gut for them, right? Like I'm just, I, I'm, I'm like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. So maybe, maybe let's talk a little bit about some of the treatments you use for erectile dysfunction. I'll give Pete a chance to yeah. talk here a little bit. So, so the, the therapy we utilize, uh, the protocol is termed gains wave therapy. The technical term for that therapy is extracorporeal shockwave therapy. It's a mouthful. It sounds pretty sick. It's pretty scary. No problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so shockwave is really a misnomer because it's using acoustic or sound energy. It's very similar to something we use in hospitals every day called lithotripsy, which is a, a procedure we use to basically destroy kidney stones. And so a lot of people have heard of that procedure at least. And so that kind of you know, at least familiarizes them with that, what's going on. We're using sound to cause a mechanical, both a mechanical force as well as some cellular response. So that mechanical force that's traveling through the tissue, we get a cellular response that mediates different growth factors, things like BEGF1 or vasculoendothelial growth factor. In erectile dys dysfunction specifically, that's important because we're building new blood vessels. So we're getting some collateralization of, of the existing vessels that are in the penile structure, as well as clearing out those existing blood vessels. So we're using that sound or mechanical force to essentially clear out the placking or soft placking that happens throughout our blood vessels, throughout our body, but especially in that microvasculature of the penis that can inhibit blood flow over time. We're clearing that out. So there's a couple different mechanisms, you know, we're using there to increase blood flow to the penis. And then whenever we can increase blood flow, you know, we're going to improve erectile performance. Yes. You all listen to the doctors that are talking to you. Your blood flow matters. So that means your cardiovascular health matters. If you want to have a good sexual health perspective from your biology, your cardiovascular health matters. And that's essentially kind of the, the, the practice you're taking towards the penis, really. Yeah. Right. And the, the penis is the barometer, right? You know, most men will experience some form of erectile dysfunction before they manifest diabetes or heart disease or heart attack. So if you have erectile function issues, you have to take a, a, an in-depth look at, hey, what are my other blood vessels doing, right? What are my coronary arteries? What are my carotid arteries? So preventing heart attacks and stroke it all, it all plays a role. So overall wellness is there and, and blood flow is kind of the key, right? We can utilize that same therapy on the clitoris, for example, in women that have kind of decreased blood flow or decreased arousal to those nerve endings. Entire protocols dedicated to just not the tip of the iceberg and what we see visually from the clitoral complex, but addressing the cura and down into the groin and increasing blood flow and nerve pathways and all these other things to increase sensitivity there. So 
Did you all just hear Dr. Deakins? He said that the clitoris, what you see is the tip of the iceberg. And that is absolutely true. It is an entire organ. And we all have erectile tissue. And I think that that's something that we as humans aren't given good biology lessons most of the time. And we're sure as shit not given good genitalia lessons. So, <laughs> so you're essentially saying like this procedure is helpful for all erectile tissue that exists regardless of yeah. the gender identity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I had a lady use the term lady boner the other day and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's absolutely what we're dealing with. You know, mm-hmm. you're increasing blood flow to that complex and that's only going to be more exciting for you and your partner. So yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love it. More blood flow, more blood flow. I definitely want to talk about some of the bioidentical HRT work that you all do. Um, that's human here. Horm- Come on words, hormone replacement therapy. <laughs> Many of my folks who identify as trans go through some hormone replacement therapy. I know some people who have been through menopause have needed to deal with some hormone replacement therapy just because of the discomfort they're experiencing from the symptoms of menopause. Let's Maybe let's talk about HRT and how, how it works for all the gender identities. Hormone replacement therapy is definitely kind of one of the mainstays of what we offer here. Certainly, the common thought is that you have to have a deficiency to have hormone replacement therapy, but we know that that's not necessarily the case. Hormones in general have kind of gotten a black eye in the literature and in kind of the media over the last decade or two, based on some pretty flawed data, actually. And we won't go into kind of the boring science behind it, but essentially we can look at levels in in kind of all people and look at what is optimal. We know physiologically that when there's a deficit in something, that you're not going to feel as well or perform as well. So multifactorial, right? Even young men can have low testosterone from diet, from nutrition, from stress, from toxins, a lot of different things that can contribute to low testosterone levels. And then they're going to struggle with energy and libido and erections, sleep, mood, lean muscle mass, bone mineral density. I mean, it's, it's not just what's down below for a sexual standpoint. Testosterone is our main metabolic hormone in men. And men, unfortunately, start losing it as soon as they start, as soon as they peak. <laughs> yes. Andropause starts right after that. And then certainly in women that are menopausal or perimenopausal, which is kind of that no man's land, right? You know, you can have symptoms for 10 years prior to menopause onset hot flashes and vaginal dryness and irritability and weight gain and mood swings and dysfunctional uterine bleeding and many, many things. Again, toxin, sleep, stress, birth control, other things that can dysregulate your system. So we can look at what is normal and just shrug our shoulders or we can say, hey, what is optimal, right? And, and where do we need to be to feel optimal? And we, we tell our patients, we treat you, we don't treat your lab results. Yes. So, so everybody is an individual, and I might feel good at a certain level, whereas the guy down the road feels better at twice the level. And as long as we're looking at all of the parameters, we can, we can customize that, right? So we use what's, what are called bioidentical, is kind of the common term. Biomimetic, meaning they mimic what our own body produces, is probably more accurate. They're safer. They're just as effective. They're well regulated through compounding pharmacies, despite what drug companies might tell you. 
we monitor these with blood work, right? So we can get people dialed in on any number of programs to get them feeling their best is really what that's all about. So pretty cool work for sure. And testosterone, I want to stress that women need it too. Yep. <laughs> It's not just the, in quotation marks, because y'all can't see us, the, the man's hormone. We have, we have a balance of hormones ourselves. Uh, I mean, just for a little, a little self-disclosure, I remember going to an OBGYN after I had had my son and they were looking at my hormone levels after having been on birth control and then having children and then having them looking at my thyroid and saying that, oh, it's within-ish normal levels. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as somebody who's an athlete and feeling fucking exhausted, not only just from having a kid, but having my body heal and all of those things, like as you are all talking, I'm like, I wonder what, what that would have done to help me, right? Like I wonder what that, how that would have improved my life at the time. Yeah, Erica, Jake touched on it, but I think that we see that all too often, those quote-unquote normal reference ranges that most physicians will rely on, unfortunately, are not clinically validated. They're just population averages, and again, that's why we're not just looking at those numbers. We can use them as a guidepost, but we really have to look at the individual and say, okay, how are you feeling? Are you having symptoms that would indicate you know, a deficiency in, in one hormone or another. And more often than not, we've, we get a whole host of patients that said, well, I've had, I had my lab work done last year and my doctor said I was normal. Well, what, yeah, what is that normal? What does that really mean? What does that mean for you? And, and a heavy sigh, I just can't. I can't, I can't help it. It's, it's, it's tough because I mean, we don't, there, there's a lot of things that we look to research for guidance, right? My field, the medical field overall, but the, the reality is, is we're still learning. We're still trying to understand this from a, from a scientific method perspective, right? I had interviewed Brian Earp. He wrote the he wrote the book um, Love Drugs, and we were talking about MDMA and its impact on like couples therapy. But something that we brought up during that conversation was that something that we don't have a lot of research on is what do prescription medications do to our hormone systems? We actually don't know a lot about that yet. What do the things that we eat? How does that impact our mental health? How does it impact your physiological makeup? So you all are just essentially saying the same thing. You need to look at the individual. What do they need? What is their, what is their dial? And how do you make a plan based on that? Yeah, I mean, that, that's absolutely correct. I think we've become all too reliant on treating a number instead of a patient. And if you rewind the clock 50 years and actually look at reference ranges for men, for example, on testosterone, those ranges were different. It's a well-known phenomenon within the medical community that even established that testosterone levels are declining in men with each generation. So now all we've done is move the goalposts and say, well, it's normal for you to have a, a level of 400, that's within the range, but 50 years ago, that would have been considered low, <laughs> right? Um, and, you know, thyroid is one that gets mismanaged all the time in that same vein. You know, we look at the thyroid stimulating hormone or the TSH, which is an indirect measurement of thyroid function. And without delving into actual availability of hormone at the tissue level, people just get told that they're crazy or that they need to do this or that. Depressed. The depression gets misdiagnosed many, many times in people that are subclinically hypothyroid. Mm -hmm. and 
from my standpoint as a medical doctor, and you probably know psychiatrists, psychiatrists get a pass in the medical community, right? From me especially, because they get to do whatever they want to do because they deal with the patients that haven't responded to a lot of my attempts or primary care attempts, right? And if you look at the psych literature, both case reports and even published reports, they use thyroid off-label all of the time in recalcitrant or resistant depression. And they get great results with it, right? Yes. <laughs> and so then they pat themselves on the back and they say, I'm an awesome psychiatrist. I've just cured this patient that struggled for decades. And the whole time the patient was like, all the symptoms of low thyroid, right? You know, my hair is thinning and I'm depressed and I'm gaining weight and just my memory and this and that and that. So there's, there's about 1,500 guidelines within medicine, right, from different societies. And very few of them are evidence-based, right? We, we, we hold this flag of evidence-based medicine when the majority of what we do and prescribe has very little evidence behind it. It's consensus guidelines most of the time, right? So, you know, you gather up 10 cardiologists and eight of them will say, do this. Well, there's consensus, but that's not evidence-based and it may indeed be wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are certain things that we are still in the wild west of. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think that you as a person have to be able to understand your own body, be able to talk about it with your providers in a very clear fashion that also allows for all of the possibilities that might be occurring, right? So me and me as a therapist, I luckily had wonderful training. Not every, just like doctors, not all of us out here get wonderful training. One of the first things that my instructors had us do was make sure that we're getting our clients medically screened, making sure that our clients are getting regular visits to maybe a nutritionist if necessary, making sure that they are exploring their sexual health because we're an entire system. It's all connected and we need to be looking at all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, undoubtedly. My favorite professor called us bowls full of jello. And I thought, I was like, that is the best description of a human. You touch one side, the other side wiggles. Yeah. (laughs) I've never heard that, but that's pretty apt. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, we got to consider COVID, right? Like we got to understand what, how, how are you seeing everybody and, and how, how do, how do people access your services at this point in time? So certainly with the current COVID crisis that's going on, you know, we again kind of try to look at what we're doing and how we can help. And if you look at some of the risk factors for that, certainly being unwell puts you at higher risk. So my approach is not only preventative, but I believe it's helpful in the long run for a lot of these diseases. Our practice is set up in a pretty intimate setting. So we're seeing one patient at a time anyways, most of the time because of the nature of what we talk about and the procedures that we perform just to keep us and the community and the patients safe, you know, we're doing all the standard disinfecting between patients and sanitizers and masks if people feel uncomfortable and, again, kind of those types of things. But the bigger picture, in my opinion, is just kind of the educational component and reaching out and giving people information and reassurance. I think the stress from this pandemic is, <laughs> is going to drive more and more people to see you. I'm hopeful that they're staying home and having sex and we're helping them do that. (laughs) Stay home, (laughs) have sex. Whether you have a partner or not, stay home and enjoy yourself, right? (laughs) Uh, Yes. If not, stay home and have sex with yourself. 
Yeah, right? You know, it lowers cortisol, it lowers blood pressure, you know, it makes you feel good, all that serotonin. So we want to encourage that. We're doing some telemedicine with people if they want to review their labs or do a consult over the phone or over Zoom or something like that. We can certainly facilitate that, just whatever the comfort level of the patient is. And, uh, you know, both Peter and I are well aware of kind of what's going on daily with with COVID-19, following the, the updates and the precautions and the recommendations. So even though we don't treat that directly, we can, we can offer some, some help and reassurance and information about that to keep people at ease, I think. Fantastic. And I know you all obviously serve Washington, but I know you have a greater reach than that. I mean, people see from Idaho, Montana, and even Canada, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. We pull from pretty much, yeah, all of that area. Some of those services that we provide, we're really the only provider in kind of the inland northwest uh, that provide these services. So we're glad to take patients from wherever they, they may be coming from. Wherever you hail from, folks, they will take you in Spokane, Washington. I appreciate you both so very much. How do people find you in the world? What website do they need to be going to? Again, it's Inland Wellness and Vitality. So you can Google that. It's uh, www.iwaves, I-W-A-V-S, so like waves without the E, dot com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, kind of the standard spots there. Good old-fashioned phone call always works. Um, mm-hmm. Area code 509-474-0145. All of our consults are always free for all of these services. So don't be uh, scared to reach out and call and just get your questions answered. Both Peter and I can help you with that. What else? Yeah, and in fact, for a lot of our uh, you know hormone services, we can manage patients even at greater distances. Remotely, so, yeah, yeah, remotely, we can you know Skype or or Zoom or however that you know modality works. We can definitely manage patients from as great a distance as we need to. Fantastic, you both are great. Thank you for being on the show, and everybody, jump on that website if you're interested in their services. Everything will be in the show notes, easy for you to find. And thanks for sticking around to the end, folks. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.